Hi, my name's Nick Wood, Head of Investment Fund Research at Achievia. Welcome to the latest edition of the Fund Buyer, a podcast for all things related to the world of fund research. So for the next three editions, we are on the road. We're, we're broadcasting as we travel around Asia on our latest manager research trip. So today I'm joined by Carly Morehouse, who, among other things, leads on Asia and emerging markets. Um, and we'll be hearing from her a little bit later on in the, um, in the podcast. So um, before we get into some of the conclusions from the first three days uh, of the trip to Tokyo, um, I wanted to give a flavour of what we're looking to achieve while we're out here. Um, and I guess the best place to start with that is um, with who we're seeing. Every trip's different. Uh, this time around, we're seeing a good number of teams in which we're already invested. Uh, but getting to know their sort of the on the ground capabilities and, and some of the broader team and resources. We're also seeing a good number of potential investors, some of whom we've seen before, but equally there are a, a good number of new names. And we'll also be looking to get a real feel for the region. So that means meeting local economists, sector specialists, uh, engagement specialists, for example, as well as joining some of our managers for meetings with underlying companies. Um, we, we found over the years that these research trips really enhance our knowledge of the regions and our, our due diligence um, sort of over and above simply taking meetings in London, which of course is, is uh, sort of the bread and butter of what we do. So on to part one of the trip. Tokyo is where we started, um, somewhere I haven't been since November 2019, actually, um, primarily due to, to COVID restrictions, of course. Uh, now, Japan is very much in vogue this year, as demonstrated by the, the very strong performance of the Japanese market. And it happens to be an area that, that I've covered for a, a very long time. Um, this time, uh, as I said earlier, really a, a mix of, of managers. We're seeing three companies um, and a couple of engagement specialists. So, um, so what did we learn on the ground? Well, I, I guess the topic we discussed most was the recent uh, Tokyo Stock Exchange pronouncements around around companies providing investors with proposals in terms of how they might lift corporate value. So, it aimed sort of primarily at, at those you know very lowly valued companies, uh, of which there are many in in, in Japan, with uh, price to book of below one times, for example. Um, it, it, it is, it is for all companies, but it, it's, uh, it's certainly those that it's more targeted at. Um, in the most part, investors here see that as a, a critical boost to extracting the, the true value for shareholders from some of those sort of most lowly valued companies. And I'd say naturally it's, it's the value investors that are most excited about that initiative. Uh, and it seemingly sort of plays into, the hands of, of that type of strategy. But I have to say, um, you know, it was covered in, in pretty much every meeting uh, and it is it is sort of key. Now, I'd say while, whilst pretty much everyone we spoke to saw the proposals as a, as a positive, it's fair to say, you know, there were, were some voices suggesting that, you know, perhaps the hype is a little bit um, overdone. But regardless, I, I think it's it's clear that this this has really encouraged uh, sort of the, the, the many activists that are, that are making a play in Japan and, and Personally, I do see it as a critical step and, and certainly very helpful to those looking to create change uh, in companies that have um, languished too long. We're also reminded that J uh, Japan um, isn't simply a, a lowly valued market full of those sort of bargain basin companies. So there are a huge amount of globally leading companies and, and this year in particular, Japan's actually bucked the global trend, um, the global trend being growth outperforming. Um, uh, in, in Japan, uh, value has, uh, has significantly uh, uh, outperformed year to date. And, and so many of those 
um, leaders are on sort of relatively depressed multiples, actually. Um, one manager highlighted their, uh, one sort of more growth orientated manager highlighted their portfolio as, as being on a, a 20 year low by one measure. So, you know, quite interesting for, for that part of the market. So, um, what else did we pick up whilst we're here? Well, let me bring in Carly at this point for some thoughts. So, Carly, um, one of the one of the topics that we picked up across most of our meetings, both with investors and underlying companies we met, was China. So, maybe to let's um, love to hear your thoughts and, and summaries of you know of what we heard um, in relation to China. Sure. So, the Chinese consumer was something that most of the companies we met with highlighted as an area of concern. So the China recovery hasn't happened in the way that many thought it would. And just to put it simply, they're unsure as to whether it's a case of needing more time and, and patience for consumer confidence to come back, or whether it's that the focus seems to be on spending more on experiences rather than things, or whether it's more of a structural change in that Chinese people have more of a preference for local brands these days. I think many of these Japanese companies generate a significant amount of revenue from China. For some, it's their largest market. So it's a big consideration and, and something that they need to understand and adapt to. Policies also something that was highlighted as having more of an influence today than in the past, but not necessarily always in a negative way, as in some cases, this can also lead to opportunities as well with regards to which areas to focus on. Yeah, great. Now, and I guess it'd be it'd be interesting to see uh, uh, in in the rest of the trip we're see we're seeing a few China managers. So it'd be interesting to sort of triangulate some of the the things we learned in in Japan. I I also thought it was interesting that actually India was suddenly um, sort of being mentioned in our, our Japan meetings. It's not something I've particularly heard, heard before. It's it's generally been you know when we're talking uh, about main markets um, uh, China, but it certainly um, uh, it began to to pop up a any any thoughts on the sort of some of the things we heard around around india yeah it was really interesting how many of the japanese companies and managers talked about how their next big market of growth is now india and no longer china i think with a very large and young population that's still growing this is clearly somewhere there's a lot of opportunity for strong growth into the future again with with more of a focus on the consumption side however the fact that Indian infrastructure isn't as advanced as somewhere like China. Most mentioned the opportunity on the digital side of things, um, especially given the fact that smartphone penetration is also really high there, which gives online-based companies, you know, whether that be gaming or, or payments, access to the Indian consumer while bypassing some of the logistical challenges. Great, thanks. And, and so, what, what else? What else did we um, pick up? Well. I, I guess J Japan's always a land of uh, contrast in my mind. So, you know, you know, on one hand, highly technologically advanced, um, yet in many ways, you know, actually quite different to the UK and, and US, for example. And one thing I think that surprised me was was actually the fact that cash is still, you know, very much um, used over over card and uh, and smart pay, but but actually incrementally since I was there in 2019, it's um, you know, smart pay and, and card use is, is significantly, uh, up. I think that, you know, for me, that's, that's, um, uh, that's one clear change in advance. And, and I'm sure, you know, you can understand COVID had sort of helped advance that as, as it helped sort of advance many things. Um, I, 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 we met, we had one very interesting meeting with a company called LY, who are, uh, the majority owned by SoftBank. Um, 
They operate Yahoo, Pay, uh, Yahoo Japan, which is, is the leading search engine here, uh, rather than Google, for example. Uh, they operate Line, um, sort of the equivalent of WhatsApp, but um, I think from what we saw, maybe a, a better version of it. Um, and also PayPay, and, and that's what you might call the equivalent of um, uh, uh, of Apple Pay, for example. And, um, you know, on that latter point, we heard how sort of PayPay are, are the market leader, um, but also how cashless transactions were really sort of moving up from a, a relatively uh, low base, at least at least compared to our own standards, let's say. Um, another really ob uh, obvious observation was was just how cheap the currency is. So, I mean, we saw that everything from the the cost of, a, of meals and and I mean to give an example, you know, a good breakfast with coffee around three pounds, and and I'm just comparing that to my sort of uh, my my prep breakfast in in London, and it's, uh, it's it certainly never come, quite comes in at three pounds. Or, or um, uh, I'm sure some of you know I'm a bit of a runner in my spare time, and uh, couldn't resist going into the Asics store. Um, the Asics running shoes that uh, I bought there were about sixty pounds cheaper than uh, the the UK, so you know, very uh, significantly different. Um, so, Carly, any any thoughts from uh, you on on Tokyo itself? Yeah, I think, um, as you mentioned already, the most obvious thing for me was the currency and, and how much cheaper everything felt compared to my previous visits to Japan. So, you know, everything really felt like great value. Additionally, while we heard that tourism is back to pre-pandemic levels, there's definitely a noticeable lack of Chinese tourists still. And I, and I think that's because Chinese group tours have only just been allowed to um, resume post-COVID. So I think we can assume that we'll see this change in the near future. But... Um, yeah, at this point in time, that was certainly noticeable to me. Yeah, definitely. No, I'd, I'd agree there. So um, I, I think we'll I think we'll leave it um, there. We, we've, we've just finished up in Tokyo uh, with uh, with a couple of very solid potential new investments, and, and I'd say a very good understanding of, of life on the ground here, sort of both investment wise and, and, and more generally. Um, for those of you thinking of booking that sort of next uh, big holiday, I, you know, I think Japan has to be up there. I mean, not, not least because of the currency, but, but also, I mean, it's a, it's an absolutely, uh, fascinating country. So, um, we're heading to Hong Kong next. Um, much changed, uh, since we were last there or, or so, or so we, we're led to believe. So, it, um, it's going to be really interesting to, to see that. Carly, any, anything you're particularly looking to get out of the, the next stage of our, of our trip? Yeah. So, um, we're seeing an array of managers, both, um, new and, and currently held fund managers. There's a mix of um, Asia, EM, China and India funds that we're seeing. Um, there are also a few potential managers you know, that we've seen before and, and are looking very interesting to us. So we'll be able to do that extra bit of due diligence. But similar to Japan, we're also seeing some macro strategists and, and companies with the fund managers. So um, yeah, that'll be great additional insight. Great. Well, let's uh, let's see how we go. Um, look forward to bringing you our, our initial uh, thoughts in a few days' time. So, with that, we'll close. As ever, thanks for listening and stay safe.